Emmanuel. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk a little shit. We <laughs> Happy episode two. Episode two in the building. We are here to discuss uh, more about both the book by Lindy West, Shrill, lo- Notes from a Loud Woman, and the upcoming TV show starring A.D. Bryant that is based on this novel or biography, if you will. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. So a huge chunk of this book is dedicated to Lindy's relationship with stand-up comedy and her examination of rape culture and the prevalence of rape jokes in stand-up comedy, especially since it's such a dude heavy thing and I as a stand-up comic have definitely sat through some three-hour open mics and heard (laughs) all the oh boy (laughs) some really painful stuff I have sat through three hours of seven different white dudes named Chad doing (laughs) all their variations of the same dick joke do you have a lot of open mics you go to where there's more men named Matt on the open mic than there is women Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have sat through, I'm not going to name names or anything, but I have sat through some material. (laughs) A lot of, lot of sucking and fucking. And uh, (laughs) and it's not a good time. Uh, I I love that. Yeah, she dives right into that in the book. And I think that's something that you and I both like really resonated uh, with us. And I think it's, it was such a big part of her career in a lot of ways, which is not something that you ever really want. But I think a lot of the reason people know who she is is because of this. So, um, right. And it's, it's, it's something that I think not a lot of men in comedy especially realize that women have to endure like that our part of our job as a woman in comedy is to endure because it's so male dominated because it's so dude heavy because it's focused so much on the male perspective that it's like ah to even get our three minutes at a 2 a.m open mic we have to endure we have to really sit through just ugh. <laughs> right well there's so much there there's so much like emotional labor that comes with just yeah. listening to it and sort of deciding when to bite your tongue or when to when to say something and so I thought you know the when, when we were talking about how do we talk about this book what do we want to what do, let's let's pick out some things that really jumped out to us and I think that specific chapter where she really dug into it was something that really sort of stuck with both of us so do you want to talk a little bit about like what sort of led up to the the debate that she was in and the the sort of hot seat she was put on oh man it seems like there are so many ways in which you can get into the story but I think that the gist of it is is that I would say it, it really started with the whole Daniel Tosh situation um how at a show a woman disapproved of this how he trivialized rape essentially and 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 talking about how he pranked his sister and she ended up getting raped and and it was like oh you got me and it's like well yeah that's really that's really reducing something horrific Mm -hmm. 
to a silly string prank. Mm-hmm. Of course, not every like. Th- there's this old saying where uh, when you do stand up, you want to aim for at least seventy percent of the audience. But <laughs> right, right. But statistically, if you have a lot of women at the shows, what's the statistic? Like one in five women have experienced sexual assault. So you're right. alienating a huge chunk of that audience, even if it's the case that there are women there who have this internalized misogyny and will laugh at these bro jokes. It's like you're still trivializing and and making light of something that could have really affected them right. and this woman had um the chutzpah oh hi cat uh there's a cat <laughs> on my shoulder we're just drinking wine having pizza hanging out with cats don't mind us it's a whole thing um this is what makes our podcast feminist by the way yes cats and pizza and wine those are the icons of femininity right we we're doing our job so um yeah, so this woman, which good on her, had the chutzpah to be like, no. You know, mm-hmm. normally as a comic, like the last thing you want is a heckler or a bachelorette party at your show. <laughs> but, you know, I I, I don't mind the fact that this woman actually was like, like gave immediate feedback. The feedback that you look for as a stand-up is, of course, laughter. That's the conversation. The conversation between you and the audience is you tell the jokes and their reply is the laughter. But, you know, I, I just, again, I'm really happy that this woman had said something, had challenged this, because it's like, enough. It's not 1956. Mm-hmm. We're not all in the kitchen. <laughs> or, you, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, like, it's tired. It's tired. And you're making, you're just, I, I, it's not even like I'm man bashing or I have a vendetta against Tosh. I really don't. But Chill. <laughs> it was a stupid joke it like it a, wasn't a funny joke it's really it's a really stupid and as somebody at his level as a comic it's like do better do better right. you know and so i'm really glad that she challenged him on this and he made this horrible like it's again not even a joke like oh wouldn't it be funny if she got raped by like five people no no it wouldn't it wouldn't it'd be horrifying you know and you're you're complicit in the bs and she went and um she went home and, and blogged about it and uh, it happened to catch Lindy West's eye and she also called BS on the situation. But uh, as with the world, everybody with an internet connection and a Wi-Fi password decided to chime in, especially the dudes, mm. and had a lot of dissenting opinions on what she had to say about this. And, and I think it's important to remind people too that this is pre-2017 Me Too. This oh, is- yeah you know, probably 2010-ish. Yeah. And uh, this was only, you know, seven or eight years ago, but it's it's sort of unbelievable how much things have changed. So, yeah, so, yeah, so the internet chorus was very loud and very against this woman that oh, spoke yes. out. Oh, yes, because how dare she? Right. How dare a She woman. needs to get a sense of humor, right? <laughs> That's what they always say. It's like, don't, you can't take a joke. This woman... At a comedy show. What do you think about that when people's argument against those types of jokes is something like, well, she needs to be able to take a joke. Oh, no, that's BS. It's that's <laughs> if that's you not being able to, to handle the critique, the critique of your joke. Right. That is you not being introspective enough and self-aware enough to to realize, oh, I should probably improve my craft. Right. So whenever somebody gets oh, like, oh, there's too much PC culture, I'm like, no, that's you unwilling to evolve. 
that's such a that's such a good point is it's like it's not pc culture it's it's criticism right it's a critique and you're not taking that well right you can say whatever you want but i can also tell you that it's not funny and it's a bad joke like that free speech worth works both ways exactly exactly people can't people you know it's always the people who can't take it who dish it out the most and stand by the whole free speech thing but yet when it's when it's when the tables are turned and they are on the receiving end of said free speech oh i'm just eh, i'm the victim now (laughs) right it's a scary time for men (laughs) (laughs) yep really we should be respectful it's just a really scary time for men right so so the long and short of it is essentially that um you know lindy west also um also had dissenting opinions on rape jokes and essentially the the cheapness of them you know not not just the fact that they further traumatize possible victims of it but that they're cheap and that maybe women are tired of this kind of abuse even if it's not like a physical assault on them again it's still a verbal assault you're still you're still demeaning and dehumanizing us and, and and refusing to acknowledge that this very real and very traumatic thing affects us affects so many of us like the statistics and and the fact that a lot of them are unreported like so one in five is probably extremely conservative exactly exactly so it's like yeah finally a woman calling bs and then the onslaught of abuse online that she got was just ugh. yeah i remember one of the one of the uh pushbacks that she got was someone saying well you know if we can't joke about bad things does that mean i can't joke about murder anymore and i think that's an unfair comparison for many reasons but one of them being what you were just talking about in that you know one in five people in the room hasn't been murdered (laughs) like exactly and it's one in five people in the room isn't being like re-traumatized by your joke about murder and then i think the most important piece of that was we all have agreed that murder is bad whereas what has been evidenced over the last couple of years is that it's very obvious that we haven't all agreed that sexual assault is bad because there's so much of it still happening. Right. So there's so many reasons why that's like an unfair. And I just thought that that was really such a really good point is that we, you know, we can I'll I'll sit here and say, Oh yeah, of course rape is bad, but that's not the, that's not what the world is telling us to. So when we're sitting in that room in that basement comedy club or wherever it is emphasis on basement it's always a basement right <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're sitting there surrounded by like mostly men mm-hmm. and everyone on stage is mostly men and we're being told that our trauma is funny over and over again that sticks with you and that's that is like tra- traumatic on a certain level so or that rape itself is such a minimal thing that you can that you can prank somebody into yeah. getting raped yeah like totally. that like yeah just the premise of his joke yeah which was I, I believe it was something like oh i replaced my sister's uh pepper rape spray. with pepper spray with with silly string and so she said like oh daniel right i got raped that's that's what it was I, that's gonna really hurt and it's like <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> like it's just not, it because it does it, it the joke trivializes the whole the whole thing yeah and it and it seems and it also takes away i don't i don't i can't find a better way to say this in english uh i'm I'm very articulate for someone who's esl anyway (laughs) but it also just kind of 
takes away the the fear that women experience too in addition yeah. to that like you're in a situation like women have to like constantly leave in fear where she said like a couple lines in the book like oh women don't leave the house yeah. women be on guard like that is a reality for a right. lot of women for all women to for some all degree women, yeah, pretty much, yeah. i mean it's a conversation that i think we're having a lot now more and more is like if <laughs> there was a tweet that went viral recently that was like if there weren't men what would you do differently like at night specifically and it's like i would walk around with headphones on i would like go wherever i wanted at night and not think about it like i wouldn't take an uber home like there was there was a statistic recently about how women spend x amount more on ubers every month because they don't feel safe walking home or taking the subway home at night and i was just like those little things that add up over time like that fear has a very like real world dollar value on it even yeah or even you know the 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 amount of respect like i'm looking at this from like a stand-up comedy perspective Mm -hmm. too like the fact that i i my autonomy is not respected the fact that it's either i'm mistaken for a comics girlfriend oh right or someone's asking oh those jokes you say about you're having a boyfriend are they just for the purposes of the joke or, or I had this one situation where um, I had met a, a, a comic at a show He from a different city. He was visiting from a different city. And um, I, I do this joke where I, I kind of casually mentioned my boyfriend and he had heard it, right? I thought nothing of it. I thought like we were having a decent conversation, handshake, mutual respect as comedians, whatever, whatever. A couple months later, we're on the same uh, same show again not even a hello hi he comes up to me in front of like a a bunch of other people who were in the green room and he's just like hey is your boyfriend here dude Uh, dude uh, because you can't leave the house without your chaperone right or like i don't believe he's real unless i meet him right like there's seven layers of like fucked up that he could have meant by that comment yeah exactly and of course like uh, and then after he follows me on instagram i don't follow back but (laughs) no but but i scroll through the page and i'm like you have this woman in at least like 17 photos with you talking mm. about woman crush every day and you're asking me <laughs> if my bo- bruh right bruh. so that so so that kind of that that whole thing about like i don't even have ownership of myself right right i can't even mention that i have a partner without you questioning that if he's not physically there right and it's also like this is your job right like this isn't just like on the street this is like at your place of work this is happening i'm here to do the same job as you yeah we're earning we're we're going home with the same beer tab and 20 bucks (laughs) right so so yeah there's so many things about that and then of course um so back to the whole lindy west situation her descent on this whole rape joke thing which i think is justified (laughs) bias maybe but (laughs) She it picks up traction on the Twitter sphere uh, and she gets in contact with W. Kamal Bell, who had a show at the time produced by Chris Rock. So many layers, so many layers to the dip. But she's brought on to debate Jim Norton, which is just a disaster waiting to happen, which she kind of the way she talks about it. She can tell she kind of knew. But but I but I also respect it, too, because I there's this desire to want to educate, right? Like a lot of times people will have these beliefs and if you can just say, Hey, maybe you should be a little more empathetic. Let me, let me show you 
the other side of it you there's like optimism that's why like i'll even sometimes get into twitter fights with trolls because i'm like no if i can just like open your eyes but there's some there's some moment like when she describes the moment when she got on that show it was like me recently when it's like when you know you fucked up because i knew better i knew better but i still signed up for a hip-hop yoga class (laughs) in cambridge massachusetts in cambridge massachusetts (laughs) was the only black person there yeah and the instructor was like feel free to sing along to any of these songs and Kanye nope. West gold digger comes on and mm-hmm. I'm like none of you better say shit <laughs> <laughs> you're just like I'm watching you <laughs> so it's, it's like that like you know you you yeah. knew better you knew better right you, you, did. You, were- you knew better but you still walked into you the fight with Jim gonna- Norton you still walked into a hip-hop yoga class in Cambridge right. You thought you're going <laughs> to enrich your life, live your best life in this class. No, <laughs> no, no. And so that's exactly how Lindy West <laughs> felt walking into the lion's den yeah. with Jim Norton. But the good that came from that is the fact that the trolls who came after her essentially did her job for her. She, uh, it, she eventually mm-hmm. ended up coming out on top in the situation where, um, all she had to do was just sit on her couch and record a video and read back. Just, you know, not even insert any kind of emotion into it because that's a whole other thing. If women are too emotional, we don't get. Oh, yes. Then it's it's anything that we're saying is negated because right. if you're emotional. It's... But just with a straight face, just just calmly, cleanly, clearly reading these comments that she would get. Just like, get fucked. like all the abuse and it just proved her point about how comedy does have an impact on how people treat you a lot of people really internalize the things that certain comedians of a certain stature say and and their commentary on what's going on in the world you know um a lot of people really take to heart the opinions of um either specific comedians or comedy shows. There's a reason why the daily show just became as prominent as it is and how it became, um, a lot of our, our generation, uh, millennial and gen X's primary news source. And, and, um, a what's the word i'm looking for just like an it influenced a lot of people's political opinions and it and it's part of, I think the reason why so much of our generation leans a little bit more left than anything mm-hmm. um and same with how impactful snl is depending on who they skewer it can right. tip an election has she mentioned how um sarah palin and, and tina phase impression of sarah yeah. palin yeah there's stuff like that and it's and i think it's so important in the context of this as well that it's not always fully conscious right like mm-hmm. it's it's i'm sure those men that were trolling her and saying like you know i hope you get raped or whatever i don't think that I don't I don't know that necessarily they were thinking, oh, I'm doing this because of Jim Norton or I don't think that people voted uh, against John McCain because it was, they were consciously saying, oh, this is because of SNL and what I saw on SNL. I think those things sort of seep into your subconscious. And that's why I think that's even why it's so important that if you're a public figure or even if you have a microphone that you take into account the power of your words because you don't know what you're saying that's like seeping into somebody's becoming part of somebody's worldview. And so when these trolls are getting reinforced over and over again, that this is okay to make these kind of jokes that you can dehumanize women that becomes a part of your psyche and that builds up over time um 
And so I think one of the things that was really interesting about this story was how she was able to change minds too, right? So after that video came out of her reading all of those troll comments that she was getting, one of the early defenders of Daniel Tosh and the, in the early iteration of this rape joke discussion was Patton Oswalt. And he's somebody that now we're like, Oh, Patton Oswalt's so like, he's he's feminist. He's woke. He's whatever. But I think he sort of showed his true colors on the earlier side of this argument where he was defending the, uh, he was he was defending the rape jokes and how that was okay and then after all of this he did come out and basically say like hey this is we should listen to her this is you know it wasn't a true apology because how often do we get real apologies anyway but uh (laughs) but it was you know my favorite uh, non-apology apology apology, mario vitale not even directly uh, addressing just a recipe for like fruitcake buns sticky buns oh my god i know we've seen like the whole gamut of apologies over the last oh my god not year even, but not even taking the time to pull up the notes app and post no. it to twitter no at least give me a notes app. i love a good screenshot of a notes app Ugh. um but so i appreciated at the very least a you know sort of about face and his perspective and and how he recognized people look to him as sort of a he has a platform and so you have to sort of highlight those voices but i mean it that should also point out to people and this is not a shot at Patton or any anyone really come fight us Patton. you can come on the pod anytime you want i mean i'll fight Patton. yeah you could debate Patton on this podcast no i mean fight but oh in person yeah i wouldn't fuck with you (laughs) i would not want to fight you (laughs) <laughs> oh man we'll talk about that kickboxing class i took later <laughs> in a, later on a later episode um but yeah this isn't a shot at anyone in particular but just the culture surrounding it where it's like a man can make this sort of bare minimum apology and suddenly he's woke bay totally totally you can say you can do the very minimum yeah like you can do the absolute least and we're still like, oh, my God, you're an ally. What an ally. I'm like, no, you're, no. <laughs> we're really quick to forget, which you know what I but I also believe in like if people show that they've changed, if people have the receipts and are like, yes. here's how I have changed. Here's how I have grown. So I, I do believe in that. But it's true how like our bar is set so very low mm-hmm. that the second he was like, great article, Lindy West. I'm like, oh, OK, he's he's changed his mind. Right. But it's not it's not that simple. Yeah, I just. I, ooh, we might get a little pushback on this, but we need to hold men more accountable. We need to set the standard higher. Yeah. Especially since they still, you know, the the power balance is still tipped in their favor as much progress as we have made. I mean, I'm, you know, for many reasons, thankful, (laughs) thankful that it's no longer like the 1960s and stuff. Right. But like you know there this the this this power balance is still tipped in men's favor and i think it's only right that we hold them a little bit more accountable and set the standard a little higher and like give me a three page notes apology rather than this <laughs> little yeah. one page bs and a recipe right <laughs> those sticky buns i bet were so good though. oh god <laughs> But it's so it's true. So how you know, as somebody who is a woman in comedy, how do you what what are some like things that we as women, but also like as men who are peers to other men, what are things that we should be doing to sort of improve the the mask, the sort of toxic masculinity issue that there is in this industry? 
don't be afraid to boo someone who sucks. Ooh, I like that's a hot take. Now, now, Tookie, let's let's be clear. <laughs> Tookie's not just like she's a stand up, but she's also like teaches. She teaches stand up like she is molding young comedy minds here. So tell me more about how I can boo people because I would love to. It's my job to like not, in terms of teaching. It's I I I take it very seriously in terms of it's my job to not let shitty comedy get out there because there's too much You're the gatekeeper I, I wouldn't say gatekeeper officially <laughs> but like I try and nudge people to think a little bit differently about humor and at least know the, 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 the basics understand structure know the rules before you start breaking them at least mm-hmm. and know why this works and this does not work and understand and to have a lot more self awareness and introspection and, and and be able to reflect on your life and how you present to an audience and how the world treats you, how you present to the world before you go joke about something. Mm-hmm. Cause um oh, this is super controversial, right? Let's go. Let's but get like, into it. But like part of my family is Sephardi Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, a lot of Jewish people still pass as white in the world, right? And I got into this whole heated debate with this one woman who has never set your Facebook post to public. Uh, (laughs) You learned one lesson today. Right. Um, But a while ago, especially after that whole um, protesting when the Nazis came to Boston Mm. and were so mean that we drove the Nazis out. That was amazing. Yeah. Boston is so salty. We're scary. We're like, we're like, no, get out of here. But I was, but I put a post out basically saying, hey, white friends, here's how you can help marginalized groups, specifically people of color and LGBTQ people. And a lot, uh, it got shared a lot, which I'm like, why? But um, a lot of Jewish aunties Mm. commented and were like, you are, this is a, there's a big gaping hole you're not including Jewish people in more. And, 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 and here's the thing on my dad's side, I told like, you know, I totally understand that there needs to be protection. Anti-Semitism is, it still exists. We just saw clearly it's yeah. horrible. It is a terrible thing. But at the same time, I told this one woman who, who really tried to come for me, Hey, Fun fact, part of my family is Sephardi Jewish, but you wouldn't have assumed that looking at me, right? And what if it were the case that one of my uncles came to your doorstep? What's the first thing? But he was my color. What's the first thing First thing you're going to notice? His yarmulke or his skin? Oh, shit. So, <laughs> how did she respond to that one? She never replied. Yeah. But like, how do you? I mean, it's true, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, really controversial, but like you have to be self-aware. So I've had other students in my class who are Jewish and they're like, and that, and it, and Jewish humor, having grown up with some of that too, and have, you know, oh God, this is going to sound like, oh, my friends are Jewish. But um, I understand that it's this very specific type of thing. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a group that needs protection, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you can move throughout the world where unless you have on a garment of some sort um, that people can't necessarily identify you, where you sort of fit into the norm, where you kind of just slide around, it's not the same. It's not the same as a Muslim person. um, You know, it's not the same as a brown-skinned person being targeted 
for wearing hijab or just being brown skin? What do what do you think? Uh, you know, because even with or without the hijab, w- with or without a kufi, they're gonna still be targeted for be- having their brown skin. Right. So, like, I I want to try and instill it, especially with white males who take my class. I want to make sure that they leave with some sense of self-awareness so that when they're making these jokes, it's like, okay, am, am I making someone with less power than me in the world at large the butt of my jokes? Hmm. Or can I turn this around to where I'm the butt of the joke because my perspective is wrong? Because there's yeah. an error in my ways because I'm not seeing something that's right. obviously there. And it's sort of, I mean, that ties into what she talks about in the book, too, with Chris Rock and the whole concept of punching up versus punching down is it's like, are you punching at someone who has more or less power than you? Right. And if you're punching to somebody who has less power than you, that's not funny to the person who has less power, but it's also not funny to the rest of the audience because now we're all uncomfortable. Right. And then we boo, apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily have to... I'll boo. <laughs> now that you told me I can boo, I mean, I'm going to go, boo. I mean, you know, no no comic wants to be booed. But well, like if someone is really displaying some yeah. sort of ignorance or lack of self-awareness and they and they put out a joke that is that is harmful yeah. to groups who already endure harm in the world at large, boo. Just <laughs> or if you're not bold enough to boo, at them on Twitter and be like Boo. just, just yeah. at whomever boo yeah I'll do that I got so much boldness behind my <laughs> iPhone I can just take anybody down um, but it's true I think it's yeah it's it's there's responsibility on all sides like I think we're like the audience is responsible I think people who are mentoring them or teaching them like you do are responsible but it's also I think men are responsible for holding each other accountable more Absolutely. than anybody else because that's where you know even going back to the the fellow comic that was like oh where's your boyfriend it's like men see each other as like they'll take the other person more seriously like they'll take another man more seriously than they'll take like a woman or or a person of color or anything like that so yes so it's it's so to the men it's you have even more i think of a responsibility to hold each other men really need to hold each other more accountable now that Patton oswald for example is woke bay he needs to hold (laughs) Yeah, His, like if you really want to hold that title of woke bay, you gotta yeah, you gotta work for it. Absolutely, absolutely, and and to, you know, not to the same degree, but definitely women, because we mm-hmm. still hold on to so much internalized misogyny. So where it's like other women have asked me, oh, are you with, are you the plus one of this guy? Mm-hmm. Are you with this guy? Just assuming that I'm another comics girlfriend. Of the that's show. so true, and that's something I think we're starting to realize more and more is how how many of our peers as women are holding on to those things really internally and it's those women that are like no rape rape jokes are fine i would challenge you to sort of look internally and be like why do you really re- let's really dig into why you think that because it probably you are holding on to some things that do have to do with internalized misogyny yeah so that so anything else you want to say about sort of this this topic of of the this this rape joke debate. I think we'll you know what it's going to be a reoccurring theme I bet throughout yeah. the season but I think today you know we sort of got into that a lot um so what anything else in closing that you are sort of thinking about um I think it's time for men to take a back seat on making the rape jokes right yeah especially if they are not to say that you know I don't trivialize assault on males because you know the me too totally. movement includes all genders yeah because people 
can be victims of the abuse by other people. Right. So I'm not diminishing or trivializing what men experience. But for the most part, if you know, most of the male comics presumably have not been through that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's I, and I don't think it's their place anymore to make the jokes about that. Leave it to the women to talk about their experience because this effect, uh, this directly affects women and female identifying people more. And I think it's more um, appropriate for someone who has been in that kind of position, who lives with that kind of fear, to talk about it. Um, let them make it funny. Let them yeah. exactly. Let them let show them, you how it can be funny. Exactly. And and you know, I I, I think. I think, too, especially if you're not making a point, if you're just up there to say it just for the sake mm-hmm. of saying it, like... You're wrong. It's... Shut up. You know? Yeah. It's it's the same thing. Like, you you have a lot of white male comics who, like, oh, I can't say the N-word. You can't say Voldemort and you can't say the N-word. And it's like, <sighs> you're are you, are you actually making some sort of point about it? Or mm-hmm. you just want to get up there and say it because you have a microphone and you want to say it to say it? I think that's a whole other layer of this conversation too whereas it's like these type of this type not all not all men not all white men but this specific type of white men usually Mm -hmm. they just want to be able to say anything and they love the idea of that they have the freedom to say anything you want but you can't because there are consequences and it impacts people and so you can't say the n-word and you can't like make you just just don't do it just make the choice to not do it because you're never going to like it's never going to have the intended result like you're it's it's not about what you want right right and like go ahead and workshop your little rape joke in front of a bachelorette party see how that goes that's a really good that's a really good uh <laughs> test market yeah if it if it it's not going to go over well no it's not, no, it's not. Yeah. so i think this is a topic that is really important in her book and is important to both of us as just like human women and so it will definitely come up throughout um throughout the the podcast and the series but i think it was important to sort of upfront talk about it because i think it's really important to both of us it's something that i think should be addressed head-on because i think people approach it too gingerly Mm -hmm. i think especially i think there's you know rightfully so there's a lot of fear around it um but I think it's important to tackle head on, um, especially from a woman's perspective, because we're tired. I'm so tired. We're tired. I'm tired of like having to explain this stuff, <laughs> like explain why it's bad. And I don't I just oh, God, not to get OK. I we, we like stepped out of it and now I'm stepping back into it for just a second. But I don't know how she had the emotional stamina to like have a debate on this with somebody who actively wanted to disagree with her. Because uh. even just I, I haven't watched the video and I kind of I kind of want to, but I also don't because it's I'm just exhausted thinking about having to explain that to somebody who Respect doesn't want to hear yourself, it. Queen. Don't sit. Yeah, I don't that. think I'm going to do it. I think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it. No. <laughs> no, but like like you were saying, though. Yeah. So so that's so that's it. Is I just and, and when we say how tired we are, I don't know how in 2010 or 2011 or whatever it was, she had the emotional stamina to have those conversations yeah. with people. But so I think I think men need to really just step back from that because it's no longer valid coming from them anymore, no. anymore. And I think the culture has shifted um, enough to a point where it's like we're we're really done with your take on rape jokes a freaking men <laughs> all right well i think that's a good place to to stop for today that's a solid piece of advice solid piece of wisdom so that was episode two of the loud women podcast we will be back 
probably next week to talk to you a little bit more about any news that we have coming up with the Lindy West shrill show on Hulu. We will be bringing you all of your cast announcements, any sort of production news that we have. And in the meantime, we'll be digging back into the book. We had a lot more to talk about, a lot more that we're interested in and excited about. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little more about what we hope they cover in the show, what types of stories that we think that they'll tackle. Uh, And we're just excited to go on the ride with you. So if you're looking forward to watching the show, stick with us, hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.